Bokratov, we're, we're continuing, we're continuing uh, Sefer Yoshua, we did the 20th chapter. The 20th chapter was the, yeah, it's, it's an hour class. The 20th chapter was... I don't have morning carpool, so we're good today. Okay, okay, for, <laughs> one and a half will make So the, the first, the 20th chapter was what? What did we study yesterday? Um, cities of Refuge. Yeah. yeah. And what Sanctuary. were the cities of refuge? Sanctuary cities. The cities of refuge were... Betzer, Ramot, Golan, and then Kedesh, right? Shechem, and Hebron. Good. Okay, so those were the ones. Let me just make sure I got them all right. Yeah, Kedesh. Okay, good. So today is the final chapter of Divisions of Land. So starting after today, it's going to be very exciting again. It's going to be very excited. exciting for you. For me, it's already not good. It's going. It's going to be. It's going to be exciting even to our primitive, uh, uh, barely Jewish brains. Okay. So so um, today's the, the description of the land for the Levim. So what was the, what was the situation of the Levim? They didn't get a portion. They were scattered. Yeah. So they received how many cities? First of all. They didn't get any portion. They didn't get a portion of land, like a fixed portion of land. Okay? And why is that? Because the Levim were not supposed to own land. Their job was to be devoted to the Bet HaMikdash. So we're setting up a society in which the Levim are scattered throughout all of Bnei Israel and do not amass significant amounts of property. That's what we're trying to achieve. Also, what the good thing about this is that in all other societies, the priestly class was also the richest class. But in Yahadut... The priest does not amass a lot of wealth. So it, it's, it's kind of defending against that tendency in societies to develop uh, a priestly class that's corrupted by, by wealth. Okay? Um, there are 48 total cities. Six of them are the cities of refuge. So cities of refuge also belong to the Levim. Okay? Which also makes sense because if those are like rehab cities, then you're going to put the teachers and the Torah people in them so that when the guy goes, he'll come out a better person. Okay, <coughs> so there are 42 other cities and the 42 other cities were divided between four groups of Levim. The four groups are the Kohanim, who were descendants of Aharon specifically, who were from the family of Kehat. That's the first group. The second group is the remainder of the family of Kehat, which includes Moshe Rabbeinu and his family. Okay. The third is the family of Gerashon, and the fourth is a family of Mirari. So those four groups, the Kohanim, the rest of Kehat, the family of Gerashon, and the family of Mirari, are all going to get cities separately. And they're going to get cities from different tribes. Okay, so that's what we're going to study in this chapter. By Geshur Hashem Avot Alviim, you guys have books? No. There are books over there. You guys should get Can you them. Can you get me one? Perak Kaf Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. The people, the heads of the tribe of Levi, they approached Elazar Cohen and Yoshua and the leaders of the tribes of the people. And they spoke to them in Shiloh, in the land of Canaan, saying, God commanded Moshe to give us cities to dwell in. And to give us outskirts of cities for our animals. And the Jewish people after the Levim come and request 
that they get their cities that were designated to them by God. The Jewish people acquiesced and they gave the following cities to the Jewish people, to, to the Levim. Now, it says that the Levim approached in Gilgal. I mean, sorry, in Shiloh. What's the significance that they approached in Shiloh? It means the Mishkan already moved. Oh, Alon's always, always on top of it. Okay? The Mishkan already moved. So what's the significance there? So before the Mishkan moved, what did we say was the rule? We said the rule was, you're allowed to just do korbanot wherever you wish. You could do it in, in, wherever you want to be. Okay? Whenever everybody could do a korban on their own, in their own backyard, there's no centralized place of worship, so there's no job for the Levim. Kohanim oh. and the Levim. Mm. Once they moved to Shiloh, and things became centralized, the Levim are saying, well, we're about to go and start devoting ourselves to, to doing the service in this, in this Mishkan, in Shiloh. And once we're doing the service, we also need our form of Parnassah, which is going to be our land, which is going to be our cities. So that's kind of what's going on here. Once Why they is moved, that a form of Parnassah if it's in a city? Wait, it's like they rent it? Well, they had a city and then they had the outskirts of the city also for planting stuff, fields and stuff. That's going to, so, usually for cities, I, and then they also had, they also had the, not land. they also that's, had, I guess, the Tirma and the Maser and things like that. Okay, so it's government land. Yeah, the Levim, the Levim weren't like They probably did plant on the outskirts of their cities They probably had some flock But it wasn't in abundance Because at the end of the day It was a, it was a finite amount That was surrounding their city That they all shared together it seems like So there's no way for them to really become wealthy Other than from the handouts that they got from the people and Meaning the, the, the payments they got from the people And from whatever they could cultivate are, in the small are land Are their cities or whatever Are they like Walking distance from Shiloh, or no, the no, there. You can do korban here. You can do korban there. No, no, no. So they weren't allowed to do korban anywhere in any of these cities. Just because the Levim were there doesn't mean they were allowed to do korban. They were only allowed to do korbanot in Shiloh. All I'm saying is that once Shiloh becomes a centralized place, and the Levim's duty becomes becomes more clear, now we also have to give them what they're owed, which is their land, which is their specific city. How, how did they? When they had a system of paying Ma'asrot to the Levim, paying Truma and Ma'aser to the Kohanim, that everybody would pay. And, and on top of that, the Levim, they, again, it says that they had cities and then they had outskirts of their cities. The outskirts of their cities, from what I remember, is about 2,000 amot of, 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 of terrain, not a lot, but per city, that they would be able to plant stuff and graze and, and, and raise cattle and things like that. So that, that seems to be what, what happened. Okay. Pasuk Dalid. Aaron's family, which we said is one of four, got how many cities? Thirteen cities, and they got it from Yehuda. Yehuda, Shimon, and Binyamin. Next, we had Livne Kehat and Notarim, the rest of the Bnei Kehat. They got from they got from the tribes of Ephraim, from the tribes of Dan, and from half the tribe of Menashe. And they got 10. They got 10 cities. So, so far we're at 13 plus 23. 10. 23. The tribe of, the, the children of Gereshon, that family of Levites, they got from Issachar, Asher, and Naphtali. And from half the tribe of Menashe, that was in the Bashan, meaning on the eastern side of the Jordan River, they got Shalosh 13. So now we're at... 36, right? Yeah. 
And the children of Mirari for their families, and uh, they got from Reuven, from God, and from Zivulun, and they got 12. So, what did that bring us to? 48. Good. Okay, I just want to make sure. And the children of Israel gave to the Levim these cities, these numbers of cities, and their outskirts of the city, as God commanded to Moshe by a lottery. Right, and all of this was done by lottery. Question. Yeah. This whole being done by lottery, doesn't, isn't that a little weird? Because what if the Kohanim didn't get in Yehuda's territory where the uh, Beit HaMikdash is going to be built? And there's, there's a lot of discussion. First of all, the, the cities were not based on their proximity to the Beit HaMikdash. It's not like we're, we're trying to concentrate cities near the Beit HaMikdash. That, but it happens to be that the Kohanim's family is close to the Beit Hamikdash, but the Levite cities are all over the place. Yes, but don't the Kohanim have a very big uh, part in what goes on around the Beit Hamikdash? Yeah, yeah, and that's why their cities are specifically closer. They're from Yehuda, Binyamin, and and uh, Shimon. Lottery. Oh, so that goes into how the lottery works. Was it, was it a lottery, a lottery was where it? they just dumped all the families together? No, they probably designated the Kohanim for the, the t- 13 cities that were close to the Beit HaMikdash and then split those 13 cities up by, the, by, by, the, lottery. by lottery to I the see. specific families in those families. Okay. You get it? But it's, it's actually a big question how the lottery worked because before, I, don't, I, I brushed over it without even bringing up the question, but we said, remember we said that Yoshua sent, he's like, he was getting upset that people weren't conquering the land, so we said, okay, you go set up the out. map, figure it out, Go break up the land based on the tribes and then come back when we'll do a lottery. It's like, hold on, are, are they doing it? Are they breaking up the land based on the tribe or are they doing it based on lottery? You know? Yeah. So we said, we, we assume that it's, they came back and divided up seven portions and then those portions were divided up by lottery. But that also is hard to, it's hard to explain because if they were dividing it, that, then what was, the, what was the, uh, the metric they were using to divide it in the first place? You get what I'm saying? If they didn't know which tribe was getting which territory when they made their map, how would they know? How would how would how would, how would any of the map makes? How would they even know where to draw the borders? Yeah. Okay. So there are a lot of questions with how the lottery worked, um, and I don't know if there are good answers for it. I, it's it's something that we just I think we just don't know. One way we just assume that it was, there was a logical way that they inserted a lottery into all of this. Sometimes it's hard to see in where the lottery came into play, but we know for sure a lottery was involved. And I think part of it, what's the significance of using a lottery? It's all up to God. Yeah, exactly. It's all up to God. Nailed it. It's all up to God, which means nobody could complain. If Yoshua is giving out land based on who he thinks he likes, everybody's going to complain. By doing it by lottery, you solve that issue. But they complained anyways. Wait. We said Menashe complained. The family of Menashe complained. Or the family of Yosef. Oh, okay. And we said Dan said that it wasn't enough. So they went and they conquered Laish. But that's only two tribes. Okay. Still complaining. Yeah, two tribes complained. What are you going to expect? And also it was their fault. When Menashe complained, Yosef was like, okay, go, go uh, cut down some trees and live, live there. What do you want more land for? Yeah. Meaning it was considered a, a, a lacking on their part, even in, the, in Sefer Yoshua. 
Yeah. Okay, you wanna now? What's gonna What's going to happen? Um, it's going to now tell us uh, the names of those specific cities. So the rest of the chapter is going to be a lot of names, which, which uh, again, if we were if we were more holy Jews, we would actually know what they meant, or we would actually know what they all refer to. Um, Pasuk. It says that they gave to... Uh, here's a question. Ah, this is an interesting question. If Hebron is a Levite city and it's a, it's a city of refuge, which is also a Levite city, who did we promise the city of Hebron to before? Kalev. Is Kalev. And his son-in-law got Devir, which was next to him. So who is it? The Levim or Kalev? So that's what this Pasuk answers. Pasuk Yudal. Vaitnu lehemet kirat arba aviha anoki Hebron bahar Yudah b'nun shel sivotea v'et sedeh ha'ir v'et chatzeren atnu lechalev benifurua achuzato. They gave the Levim, the city proper, with the field surrounding the city, which are probably the valuable part because that's where they use for an agricultural society. The farmland is the more valuable, not the city land. The city land is where people live by default. The farmland is where you make your money. So they put the, the Levim in the city and, the, and Kalev had the farmland around it. So that answers that question. It's actually very interesting. What does it mean? Also, putting, they're putting the Levim surrounded by warriors because the warriors had to conquer the city. So each group of Levim in whatever city they were were more or less protected by... Wait, why do you say that they're protected? Kalev is considered the war hero of that specific city, right? In that specific case. I don't know if every Levite city had a a garrison of people protecting it. Um, In this case, it it works. We're going to read, most likely, has been part of those... Now we went through this. Oh, king those died, conquerings? This king died, this king died. We're not going to give the Levi's the city right. that wasn't. No, naturally, I, I don't think they gave Levi's the cities that were unconquered. Yeah, so they're. That's a good point. More or less. It wouldn't make sense to give them that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unless Levi's knew how to fight too, you never know. Yeah, but but they, I, I, to be honest, I just don't know the answer to your question, but it's no, interesting. It's an no interesting point. Of them conquering cities. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We did, we did mention that tribes went and conquered specific things. The Levim, it doesn't. Like Dan went and conquered Laish. Yehuda went and conquered this. Go to Menashe, go and conquer more. Levim, we don't have that expectation. Very good point. It's very interesting. Pasuk Yud Gimel. So I just named all of the cities, the 13 cities that were given to Aaron. One of them was Anatot. You guys know what the significance of Anatot is? No. Yirmiyah Hanavi, one of the other characters in Tanakh, one of the other prophets, was a Kohen from the city of Anatot, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Okay? Um, let's see if it says it here. 
it doesn't say it here. Okay, so that's the cities of that's the cities of Aharon. Now the next is cities of Kehat. so it was a total of 10 cities which we just named. If you want to know their names, go back and look at those psukim. 10 cities went to the family of Kehat, the remaining family of Kehat. Gerashom got from Matem and Asher. Golan they got in the Bashan. Mingrashe Be'asharot et Mingrashe Arim Shetayim. Matei Yisachar et Kishion. Mingrashe Daverat. Mingrashe Adiyarmut. Et En Ganim. And Mingrashe Arim Arba. Matei Asher et Mish'al. Mingrashe et Avlon. Mingrashe et Chilkat. Okay. Ve'et Rechov. Mingrashe Arim Arba. Um... The rest of it, we'll, we'll continue Bezar Hashem next time on Pasuk Mem Aleph, which is at the end of all of the list of the cities. The list of the cities you could just read on your own. Um, the, 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 the rest of these cities are listed, and then it's going to sum up in Pasuk Mem Aleph all of the division of the land. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. Amen. Amen.